Thank you for tuning in to the Fly Mastery Podcast, where our goal is to provide tools, resources, and insights that empowers driven individuals to become the masters of their financial independence journey. I'm Peter Donisanu. And in today's podcast, we're going to talk about the reasons we believe the markets are being driven by a rapid economic recovery narrative and how this narrative might be wrong based on a combination of anecdotal, statistical, and historical points. It's true that the markets are up well over 20% from their March lows and sentiment is improving. But we believe that the current market action misses the reality of disjointed policy and virus containment efforts. We recorded this podcast because we believe that it's important for investors to understand that markets may be setting themselves up for disappointment in the weeks to come. In this week's podcast, we'll touch on three assumptions the markets may be making, why we think the dominant market narrative is wrong, and some points for investors to consider for the weeks to come. At the end of our time together, my hope is that you should be able to take some action in your investment portfolio to better prepare yourself for more market volatility. So with that, let's go ahead and get started. So why do we think that markets are pricing in a quick economic recovery? Well, we've seen a sharp rebound in markets recently with prices up over 20% from their March lows and a rapid recovery in sentiment. And this suggests to us that the markets have a strong conviction in the effectiveness of fiscal and monetary policies and in the coronavirus containment efforts. However, there are many things that also suggest that policy responses may not be as effective as people think, and the economy may not return to normal as quickly as people really hope. So this takes us back to the concept of a V-shaped recovery versus a U-shaped recovery. So what's the difference between a V-shaped and a U-shaped recovery? Well, under a V-shaped recovery, the economy reopens like nothing ever happened. Under a U-shaped recovery, following a recession, the recovery, economic recovery takes more time to get back to normal. So if the markets are expecting a V-shaped recovery, what are some of the things that we need to see happen? Well, first, we'd have to expect that state economies reopen together or in a synchronous manner, that consumers spend like they were back in January or in December of 2019, and that businesses, when they immediately reopen, they're operating at full capacity. Based on the sharp rally in prices that we've seen in financial markets, it would suggest to us that market participants are expecting or believe that a V-shaped recovery will happen. But the question is, are these assumptions valid and will they hold over time? Let's take a look at some of these assumptions. So the first assumption is that state economies open all at once. Now, some people have been looking to what's going on in New York's containment efforts as a litmus test for the rest of the United States. And this example could be a little misleading. It's true that New York is flattening the curve, and we're truly grateful for this news. But the fact is that many other states are weeks behind where New York is. Nationally, our containment efforts are lagging, and in some ways they're disjointed. And therefore, the stay-at-home orders at the national level are likely to remain in place for longer than what the markets are currently appreciating today. Now, this is important because the longer that people stay home, the less shopping they do, and the likelihood that many businesses will remain shuttered and not reopen after the stay-at-home orders are lifted. Now, there's this idea that once restrictions are lifted, people will get back to their normal lives, that pent-up demand will drive economic activity. Well, we believe this is likely not the case, and for a few reasons. First, we don't even have a vaccine for the virus yet. Second, that scientists really don't understand a whole lot about the virus. And third, that there's this human tendency to respond cautiously to major events. And when this happens, it changes people's normal routines. So let's look at an example for a minute. The 9-11 terrorist attacks fundamentally changed our nation. 9-11 also showed us how hard it can be to get back to normal and how normal can actually change. 
When the attacks happened, flights were grounded for about two days, and it took more than a year for those flights to actually get back to normal levels before the attacks even happened. And when they did, travelers had to contend with this thing called the TSA that didn't even exist before 9-11, which made flying more complicated and arduous for many people. So not only did 9-11 change our willingness to fly, it changed how we flew as well. And so today, assuming that people's behavior will just be the same as it was before the stay-at-home orders were actually put in place, discounts history and human behavior. Another assumption underpinning the V-shaped recovery expected by markets today is that businesses will restart like nothing ever happened. Now, let's consider the economic outlook for a second. The IMF reported this week that global economic growth will contract by 3% in 2020. Now, this figure is worse contraction than the Great Recession and reinforces our point of a long U-shaped economic recovery. But it also highlights the points that businesses won't pick up where they left off. And they're going to leave us with what we consider to be a supply shock. So what do we mean by supply shock? Well, there are reports that growers are plowing over crops and chicken farmers are letting eggs rot in the field because they don't have any work to deliver them. This highlights supply shock from a food perspective. And these are supplies that took weeks and months to produce. And not only that, think downstream. Think of the knock-on effects downstream, the processors, the distributors, the wholesalers are all affected by this inability to earn and pay workers because of what's going on at the major supply level. So this supply shock is happening right now, and it's happening on Main Street, and it's not happening not only in the farms, but also with restaurants, retailers, and many other manufacturing and service-oriented businesses. So this idea that coming online, the flip of a switch when the economy reopens, really discounts this idea or doesn't take into consideration that it's going to take a long time for businesses to come back online, and they're not going to come back online the way they were before the economy shut down. This takes us back to our original question of whether the markets are getting ahead of themselves. Now, it's one thing to try to call a market bottom, but does price action in the markets really reflect the risks outstanding to the economy? And right now, we think it's too soon to tell. So take a page from history. Going back to the 1906 San Francisco earthquake, this earthquake lasted only for minutes, but it decimated the city. And it wasn't the earthquake that did it. It was the fire, then the fire that lasted for days. Now, imagine leaders back then, only hours into the fire, trying to make plans to rebuild the city. In a certain way, we're still in the early days of our own recovery from the coronavirus. And so trying to make a plan for the economic recovery while the city's still burning or while our economy is still dealing with the effects of the coronavirus is a little premature. So that's why we believe that the markets may be getting ahead of themselves today. What should investors be doing right now? Well, we still don't have a strong understanding of the broad implications of the coronavirus. And the risk for the market right now is that there's misplaced expectations. Therefore, making high conviction calls could be a setup for disappointment. Best course of actions that we're recommending for investors is that they stay disciplined and committed to a long-term investment process. Stick with the systematic savings contributions and allocate new capital to diversified asset allocation framework. It's true that the sell-off that we've seen in the markets last month have created a lot of opportunities for investors. We suggest going out and creating a wish list, but give it time. Our risk-on, risk-off indicators suggest that we're still well into risk-off territory, and historically, it's taken months for a market bottom to form as we move our way out from risk-off to risk-on. So what does this mean? Well, it means expect more volatility in the coming weeks, but don't take unnecessary risks. 
What we're waiting for is the balance of news to turn more positive before stepping out to risk and looking for those value opportunities. Until then, stay focused on your long-term investment plan and your long-term investment goals. Well, that's it for now. Thank you for taking the time to listen to the Phi Mastery podcast. To learn more about our research, visit us at phimastery.com or email us at questions at franklinmadisonadvisors.com. Until next time, I'm Peter Donisanu, wishing you and yours abundant health and prosperity as you pursue your own financial independence journey. Buy Mastery Podcast is brought to you by Franklin Madison Advisors, Inc. Franklin Madison Advisors is a registered investment advisor firm with its registration and principal place of business in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. Registration of an investment advisor does not imply a certain level of skill or training. This commentary and forecast are limited to the dissemination of general information pertaining to Franklin Madison Advisors investment advisory services and general economic and market conditions and are subject to change without notice. The information shared today is not intended to be personal, legal, investment, or tax advice or a solicitation to buy or sell any security or engage in a particular investment strategy. For additional information about Franklin Madison Advisors, including fees and services, please contact Franklin Madison Advisors or refer to the investment advisor public disclosures.